0: Hey, if I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Spencer Breedlove. I'm on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and it is uh, such an honor and a pleasure to be back with you this morning. We've been doing this uh, particular service now for just a little over two years, right, Bruce? Yeah, and um, Bruce told me today, he said, we've never had a rainy Sunday on these days. So that's pretty good, I'd say. Um, But uh, the the other thing, too, is... This is also the first time where we've been able to have more than just one person up on stage leading us in worship. And so being able to have multiple people uh, lead us in worship this morning has been so good. And I hope that you have been encouraged uh, by uh, our worship team this morning. So thank you guys for being here so much. We appreciate that very much. All right. If you have your copy of God's Word, go ahead and turn to the book of Matthew. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4. Praise Thank you, Weezy. So Matthew chapter four is where we're going to be this morning. And um, as you turn there, I want to encourage you, if you've got a pen and a piece of paper or maybe a journal, or if you use your iPhone or whatever electronic device, I know that here in this little spot, you have zero cell phone service. So I don't expect anything to you know, go ding. But if you do have uh, your phone, you may want to pull that out. And, and be ready to take a few notes because we're going to start off with some note-taking pretty quickly, okay? So, I want you to write down four words for me. I want you to write down four words uh, right here, right now. These four words are these. Survive, evade, resist, and escape. Survive, evade, resist, and escape. Now, for those of you that may have military training, you know exactly what I'm talking about right here. You know that we're talking about seer, S-E-R-E, survive, evade, resist, escape. And as you think about those words, I want you to think about these particular truths just to get us really off the, really just to set the, um, direction of where we're going this morning. These three truths. Number one, we all have a common enemy. The Bible says in First Peter chapter five verse eight, that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone looking for someone to devour. So we all have this common enemy. The second truth is we all face common temptation. Every one of us faces common temptation. And that we all have a way out from temptation. So those three truths, we all have a common enemy. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. We all face a common temptation. And we all have a way out from temptation. Now temptation, let's talk about temptation for just a second. Temptation is a tactical skill of our enemy aimed at our weaknesses to bring about death. If you take a look in James chapter 1, 13 and through 15, listen to this. Here's what the scripture says in that passage. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed. By his own desire, then desire, when it has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So temptation is a tactical skill. It's a tactical skill of our enemy aimed directly at your weakness or weaknesses to bring about your death. In other words, as the Scripture says... And Jesus said it himself. He says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. So Jesus is validating the fact that the enemy wants nothing more than to take you out. He wants to take you out. How does he do that? Well, there's a tactical skill that he has called temptation. Because the scripture even refers to him as the tempter. That he will tempt you. Okay? Okay? at your weaknesses, to bring about your death. In other words, he wants to annihilate you. He wants to take you out. He wants to render you ineffective in your life. He wants to render you ineffective as a husband, as a wife, as a mother, as a father, as a church leader. He wants to take you out. He wants to render you ineffective in your pursuit of God. So temptation is this tactical skill that he uses against our very weaknesses in order to take us out. So as we think about those four words, survive, evade, resist, and escape, and as we think about those three truths that I just mentioned a minute ago, that we all have a common enemy, that we all, have a, we all face a common temptation, that we all have a way out of that temptation, and knowing that temptation is this tactical skill of our enemy aimed at your weaknesses and my weaknesses in order to bring about our death, I want you to think about this right here. In military, in the military, there's a certain school called SEER school or SEER training. S-E-R-E. Survive, evade, resist, and escape. In this particular type of training, in the military, they do four things. They teach you how to survive. In obscure... In extreme conditions, from the jungle to the Arctic, they teach you how to stay alive. They teach you how to get water. They teach you how to build fires. They teach you how to build shelters. They teach you how to survive in the harshest conditions. Now, let's think about the harshest conditions that we exist in as spiritual people, as Christ followers. We are in a war spiritually. We're in a war. We exist in some pretty harsh conditions. So how do you survive? Evade. Evade capture. In other words, keep moving. Blend in. You don't want to be captured. So you've got to evade capture. They teach you how to evade being captured. They teach you how to resist. Now when I'm talking about resist, we're talking about close combat. We're talking about close combat fighting is what we're talking about here. They teach you how to fight. They teach you how to use your legs. They teach you how to use your arms. They teach you how to use knives and other close combat type weapons in order to resist the enemy as he is attacking you. And then they teach you how to escape, capture. In other words, they teach you how to look for the way out and to take that way out so that you can escape. So the question is this, is how can a person survive, evade, resist, and escape temptation. I want you to write this down. Really, really simple. If you don't get anything else out of what we're going to talk about this morning, you need to get this. This is what we all need to get as Christ followers. If you want to survive, evade, resist, and escape temptation, follow Jesus. Period. Follow Jesus. If you want to survive temptation, follow Jesus. If you want to evade temptation, follow Jesus. You want to resist it, follow Jesus. You want to escape it, follow Jesus. It's really simple. Follow Jesus. So let's take a look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. This is where we're going to camp out mostly today. So I'm going to read it, and then we're going to give you some context on this particular passage. Temptation of Jesus. This is in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 1. We're going to go through verse 11. Here's what the Scripture says. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. That's a no-duh statement. Okay, you go fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, I got a feeling that you and I are all going to be hungry. Jesus was hungry, and the tempter came to him, and he said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he, Jesus, answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, and he set him up onto this pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus then said to him again, he says, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All of these things I will give to you if you will just fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan. Not today. Not today. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And then the devil left him, and behold, angels came. And we're ministering to Him. Now, as you think about that passage of Scripture, I want you to go back to the Matthew chapter 3. And if we were to go back to Matthew chapter 3, at the very end of Matthew chapter 3, you read about the baptism of Jesus. Now, we're talking about a glorious moment. We're talking about a moment in history that is probably the most glorious moment in all of history is the baptism of Jesus. Because at that moment, if you really dive in, you really begin to dig into what the Scripture says and what occurred that day, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit all showed up in one spot at the baptism of Jesus. It was glorious. When Jesus goes up and He shows up to be baptized... He's like, his cousin, John the Baptist, is there to baptize him. There was a little bit of a, no, I don't. I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. I don't need to be baptizing you. You need to baptize me. But then Jesus says, no, I need to be baptized, and I'm going to be baptized, and you're going to do the baptism, John. And when Jesus is baptized, and he's in the water, and he comes up out of the water, there's a moment in history right here that's really important for us to grasp. Because at that point, when Jesus comes up out of the water, what happens? The Spirit of God comes down on Jesus like that of a dove. And then you hear the voice of God out of heaven saying, This is my Son, whom I love and whom I'm well pleased. Man, it was was one of those jaw-dropping, I-can't-believe-what-I'm-seeing-and-hearing moments. In time, And as soon as that happened, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit then ushered Jesus immediately into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Man, isn't that just the way life happens? We have these mountaintop moments in our lives, and then the next thing we experience is this. Oh, boy. The struggle. The valley. We deal with those... Incredible mountaintop moments in this life. We experience baptism. We experience life change. We experience something that is so good. And then, bam, we're just hit with temptation after temptation after temptation. We're hit with struggle. We're hit with trials. We're hit with grief. We're hit with sorrow and sadness and pain and difficulty. We're hit with all of those things. Seems like that's the way it works a lot of times. But here for Jesus, it did happen that way. It was an incredible moment. Baptism, Spirit of God lights on him like a dove. The Father blesses his Son with incredible words, encouraging words. This is my Son whom I love, whom I'm well pleased. All right, Jesus, now it's time to go into the wilderness and to be tempted by your enemy, the devil. So he's ushered into the wilderness. He's there for 40 days and 40 nights. And when, when we read this passage, we only read three specific temptations. But listen, the temptation of Jesus was happening all 40 days and 40 nights. It wasn't just after the 40 days and 40 nights of fasting It was occurring throughout the entire 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus was in an onslaught of temptation. It was an onslaught that Satan was unloading on Jesus every temptation that is common to man. And the Scripture is pretty clear. It says in Hebrews that Jesus was without sin. So we know that after those 40 days or during those 40 days, based on what Scripture says, that Jesus never gave in. He survived. He evaded. He resisted. And He escaped temptation. In the wilderness, He ate nothing for 40 days. And after those 40 days, He was hungry, He was tired, He was weary. And then at the end of those 40 days... Satan basically unleashes hell all on Jesus with three very specific temptations. Very specific temptations. But he survived. He evaded. He resisted. He escaped. But the question is, is how? How did he survive? How did he evade? How did he resist? How did he escape The temptation. Well, Listen, when you are tempted, you are going to be tempted in every way that Jesus was tempted. It makes sense, right? I mean, if He was tempted in every way like us, then we can be sure that we are going to be tempted in every way like Him. So if He was tempted in every way like us, and if we are going to be tempted in every way like Him, how do we... Survive? How do we evade? How do we resist? How do we escape those temptations that come? Because here's the thing you will be tempted to give in and to give up and to give out. You will be tempted to quit. You will be tempted to acquiesce or to comply. You will be tempted to reject. You will be tempted to feed the flesh and not the soul. You're going to be tempted to settle for less than what God's best is. Listen, You will be tempted to worship, adore, and love what will not last. You will be tempted physically, you will be tempted egotistically, and you will be tempted materialistically. You will be tempted based on what 1 John 2 16 says you will be tempted with the pride of life, the desires of the eyes, and the desires of the flesh. You're going to be tempted in every way that Jesus was tempted. How do you survive? How do you evade? How do you resist? How do you escape it? God provides us the strength to survive. He provides us the endurance to evade. He provides for us the courage to resist. And He always provides a way of escape. Check this out. In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, the Bible says that no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. it. Now let me unpack what this is not saying. Because there's a common phrase that most people have, that many people have, especially in, in church world, that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. As I've read through the Scripture, I've never read that. Now here it is what happens, is that based on this passage, it is saying that Satan will try to give you more than you can handle. Satan will always try to give you more than you can handle, and he'll frame it and package it in a way that it sounds fun. It sounds enticing. It will lure you. It will entice you to do those things, but you don't realize that what it's doing is it, and what he's doing is he's giving you, he's trying to give you more than you can handle. But in this passage, what God is saying is that I have a way out, I have a way of escape, I have the strength that you need in order to endure it. I have the courage that you need in order to resist it. I have the power that you need in order to evade it. I have everything you need for life and godliness. Trust me. Follow me. That's what this passage is saying. So the question is this, is how do you survive, evade, resist, and escape temptation? You follow Jesus. So let's unpack that for just a moment. Number one, you might want to write this down. You survive temptation with Scripture. You survive temptation with Scripture. Now, in any survival moment, you need basically a few things you need fire, you need water. You need shelter. You need to be able to stay warm. You need to be able to stay out of the elements and you need to be able to stay hydrated. A person would only be able to last physically for about three days without water. You need to be able to hydrate yourself. You need to be able to stay warm. You need to be able to cover yourselves and to protect yourselves from the elements from the exposure of the sun from the exposure to extreme cold from the exposure to extreme heat you need to be able to have those things in place in order to survive check this out when it comes to scripture as we all know where jesus says look jesus is the word okay jesus is the word he's the truth So, if Jesus is the truth, what does he say he is? Well, he says he's the living water, right? Scripture is your living water. It's what thirsts, it's what quenches the thirst of your soul. You want to survive temptation? Survive it with Scripture. God's Word is also a fire, it's a fire in the bones, it's a fire in the heart. And it provides it provides not only warmth to our souls, but it also provides light. It's a lamp. It gives us, it, it gives us this lamp, it, this, this, this light in order to be able to see what we need, what's before us. It's a lamp, it's a light. It's also a sword. It's a double-edged sword. It cuts it divides it speaks truth it cuts away what is unnecessary but it's also a tool that we can use in order to grow it's also a refuge it's a place of refuge it's where we find it's where we find hope it's where we find peace it's where we find shelter from the storm it's where we find shelter from the elements it's where it, it, it's something that When you spend time in God's Word, it's like camping out inside of a tent. Okay, And as you are sitting within that tent and you're protected from the elements and as you engage in God's Word, man, it is like you and the Lord and He is speaking with you and He's teaching you things about Himself. And you yourself are beginning to grow and you're protected. It's a shelter. It's a refuge. It's a place of... It's a bulwark, okay? It is there for your protection. When the onslaught of the enemy is attacking you, it's there. So you survive temptation with Scripture. It's shelter, it's water, and it's fire. Secondly, You evade temptation with prayer. You evade temptation with prayer. Now, when you take a look at that passage, and Jesus is fasting for 40 days and for 40 nights, and he's in this onslaught of temptation from the enemy, listen, the purpose of fasting is prayer. The purpose of fasting is prayer. So Jesus is in a a period of a 40-day fast, He's refraining from food specifically for the purpose of prayer. But here's the other thing, too. When you take a look at in Luke chapter 22, verse 40, in that particular story where Jesus is just about to be betrayed and handed off into the hands of sinners, and then he's about to be led off to be, have an unfair and illegal trial, only then to be crucified by his captors. Before he does all that, he and some of his disciples go to the Mount of Olives specifically for prayer. Specifically for Jesus to go into the garden, into that Mount of Olives, and then to just pray, and to seek God's will and say, Lord, if there be any other way, can we do it some other way other than what we're about to do it? And he does that like three or four times. But when he would come back, he would find his disciples asleep. But before they started that journey in prayer, what Jesus told his disciples, he tells us as well, and it gives us this picture of evading temptation. And he says this, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Pray. Now, as you pray, you don't need to be elaborate with your prayers, they just need to be desperate. It needs to be desperate. Forget elaboration, think desperation. When you're praying and you're facing a, a, a moment of temptation, a moment of weakness, and you can let and you can be thinking about what those moments of weakness may be for you. It could be a place of immorality, it could be a place of unhealthy behaviors, it could be a place of addiction, it can be Whatever it is in your life that you are being lured into, enticed into, that weakness in your life where the enemy is using his tactical skill of temptation in order to take you out, you're not praying specifically with elaborate prayers. You are praying with desperate prayers. And they don't have to be long. They don't have to be long, drawn-out prayers. They don't have to be creative. They just have to be straight from here, and they need to be desperate. Because you know that your life is on the line. You know that your career may be on the line. You know that your family may be on the line. You know that your marriage may be on the line. So don't be thinking that these things have got to be elaborate. Be thinking desperate. Man, God, save me from this hour. Not elaborate, but it's desperate. And the scripture's filled with prayers much like that. So if you're facing a temptation and you're looking to evade temptation, evade it with prayer. Be desperate with your prayers. Number three, you resist temptation With fight. You resist temptation with fight. To resist is to fight back. It's close combat. That's the reason that God's given us the full armor of God. When you take a look at Ephesians chapter 6, in verses 10 and 11, check this out. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The schemes of the devil. What's his scheme? His scheme, go back to temptation. It is a tactical skill that is used by him in order to attack and penetrate your weaknesses in order to take you out. That's his scheme. That's what he does. Jesus gives us, God gives us this full armor of God so that we can be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And you can go on down and you can see what that full armor of God is. But what we're talking about here is temptation is close combat. And when you're resisting temptation, it is close combat. It is getting really close. And you got to fight. There can't be any quit. There's got to be discipline. There's got to be people around you that are holding you accountable to whatever it is in your life that you're asking for accountability, whether if it's finances, whether if it's sexual immorality, whether if it's addictions, whatever the temptation is, okay? It is a fight, and you can't stop fighting. You can't stop fighting. And listen, temptation is no respecter of persons. Temptation is no respecter of age groups either. Kids are tempted. Teenagers are tempted. Young adults are tempted. Young marrieds are tempted. 20-year-olds are tempted. 30-year-olds are tempted. 40-year-olds are tempted. 50-year-olds are tempted. 60s, 70s, 80s. We all face temptation. Don't stop fighting it. We all face it. Don't stop. You keep fighting. And if you need help fighting whatever your temptation is, then get help. Get help. Find the people that you love and trust that you can say, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Can you help me fight this? And as the body of Christ, our responsibility is to come alongside those brothers and sisters in Christ and to fight with them. It's what our job is. It's what our opportunity is. How do you resist it? How do you fight it? You fight it with the full armor of God. And the cool thing is about this, if you were to... Take a look in verse 11 of Matthew 4. <laughs> this is, don't let verse 11 like escape you or evade you. But listen, after Jesus said what he said in that last temptation that's recorded, what does the Bible say? What's it say? Then the what? What did he do? He left him. What's the scripture say? Resist the devil and he will flee. Eventually, your fighting is going to wear him out to the point that he's got to leave you alone. So don't give up, and don't give in, and don't quit. You keep fighting. Keep fighting. That's how you resist. And then finally, you escape temptation with power. You escape temptation with power. Greater is he who is in than he who is in the world. Your power comes straight from heaven above in the name of Jesus. And He Himself gives you the power to survive, to evade, to resist, and to escape. It's His power. It's His power that does that. Jesus loves you and by His power protects you by showing you the way out. As I thought about that passage and I thought about that particular truth about you escape temptation with power. As I mentioned a minute ago, temptation is no respecter of persons. Temptation is also no respecter of whether you believe in Jesus or not. Temptation just doesn't happen to Christians. No, temptation happens to everybody. There is no one immune from the onslaught of temptation from the enemy. Nobody. Every person on this planet will be tempted at some point or another, just about on a daily basis. Just about on a daily basis. So how do you survive? How do you how do you evade it? How do you resist it? How do you escape it? You follow Jesus. You follow Jesus. Period. And whether you do or whether you do not follow Jesus, you have no excuse to resisting and escaping temptation. None of us have any excuses to say, oh, man, she made me do it. No. Let's Let's go back to Adam and Eve. It wasn't Eve's fault. No, Adam was just as disobedient as Eve when they gave in to the temptation. It ain't nobody's fault. It's your own fault. No one is without excuse. Nobody. I'm not without excuse and you're not without excuse. When we don't take the way out that God gives us, we're held accountable. It's our responsibility at that point. Now, the good good news is this, is that when we do give in to temptation and there is that sin that entices us and and that temptation that entices and lures us and then it gives birth to sin. When, when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. And that is what happens. The good news is this, is that if we do fall into and the, the, the temptation, if we, if we fail at evading, if we fail at escaping, if we fail at the resisting peace, if we fail at the surviving piece, if we fail at all four of those areas. Check this out. God's grace is greater than our sin. His grace is always greater than our sin. You will never be able to out the grace of God. Now, that doesn't give us a license to go and do whatever we darn well please. No. But what it does say is that if you fail, or when you fail, it's God's grace that restores. It's God's power that restores. So wherever you are in your life today, whatever temptation you may be struggling with, whatever temptation you've ever gone into and given into, God's grace is greater than that. And He redeems you, He restores you, He forgives you, and He gives you life abundantly. The question is, is will you follow? From this point forward, will you follow Jesus? Will you trust Jesus to help you survive, evade, resist, and escape the temptation that is before you? That's the question, is will you follow Jesus? Let's pray together.